Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Our primary focus is on the marriage relationship. However, the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. You know, we've been out in the world and it seems like things are starting to open up again. Yep, it is. And it's good and it's a little bit scary. Because I see people without masks on and it seems really weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, we have some guests today that we have not met on the internet. We actually physically met them because they are people that we spend time with in fellowship. At least one of them is. And Manette and John Motanon are going to share their story of I Do Again. It's because it is so unique. And yes, this is, is going to be interesting to see because, or hear because I think it's going to impact a lot of people because it is because of the uniqueness of the story. Yes. And it, the story is knitted in reconciliation and forgiveness. So stay tuned and get ready to learn how to love again. Coming up next on this episode of the Risk Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee. Well, Mr. John and Miss Monette, we thank you guys for joining us here on this episode of the Rich Relationship Podcast. Thank you guys uh, for joining us. Thank you for having us. We are so excited to hear your love story. And so who would like to start with the love story? Th- this is always fun because we always like to see who actually takes the lead and say, I, I tell the story better. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I tell it better. So I'll tell it. Okay, let's go. So briefly, we met uh, in 2010 uh, over Thanksgiving holiday. And in Birmingham, Alabama, I was in Indianapolis and drove down to Birmingham to be with my daughter and her new husband. And we met uh, through some mutual friends and we danced and I loved how he danced. (laughs) And uh, then we started dating. I went back home and we started talking over the phone. And decided that we did not want to be involved in a whole lot of, we knew what we wanted. He knew he wanted a wife. I knew I wanted a husband. And so we got married a month later. Wow. And uh, in December 26, 2010, through uh, some different circumstances, uh, we divorced. I divorced him. He will be clear with that. It was not something he wanted. And I didn't either, but I didn't see another way out. And but we continue to keep in contact. And over the years, he would always tell me how much he loved me. I couldn't take that. And I would tell him, don't tell me that. True. (laughs) And he would say he would say it anyway, whenever we talked. And then a mutual friend's sister died and we both went to the wedding. Sorry, the funeral. And that was in this. So that so we fast forward. We were married for a couple of years, divorced. For eight years, fast forward to this November, October. She passed away in October, October 20. So October 2020, 10 years later, uh, we sat together at the funeral. And then we started talking and we talked about forgiving one another and talked about some of the situations that happened in our relationship. We forgave one another, decided we were going to try it again. And we got married November 22nd, 2020. So 10 years later, we remarried. So, Mr. John, what's your version of the story? Because that was real quick, and I know she had some good stuff in there. <laughs> we didn't well, want to hear your well, side. I just, I'm just not a good, may I say that? 
Yeah. I'm not a good speaker. You know, I'm kind of shy. Okay. After Manette had went her way and made me go my way, and, uh, and for eight years or more, I said, I don't care what she say or do. I don't care who she be with. They better have it for now because I'm going to track Manette until I, until I get her back. Wow. And I said, I would not give up. Oh. I tracked her and tracked her and tracked her. And then when I know anything, we married again and I enjoy every bit of it. Oh. She's one of the most beautiful wife that you can that a man can ever have. Excuse me for saying that, uh, Mr. Gill, but uh, I know you have a sweet wife too, but this is the sweet one that I could have, could have ever had. <laughs> well, wonderful. But anyway, I don't know how it happened. I be asked ask her all the time, Manette, do you think I love you too much? No. Manette, do you think I love you too much? No. I'm waiting on when she's going to say yes so I can stop loving her so much. But she won't let me off the hook at all. You know, like to stop loving her so I got to keep on loving her until death do a support or whatever. And because um, the show won't be on until nobody else do a support. God or death, you want got to do a support. And I'm, and she's just one of the most beautiful places. I wish I could explain all in one little short uh, uh well, you're doing a good job, you know, even during this little podcast episode, you know, you, you're you actually communicating it pretty well to me. And to know Monette is to love her. She is a lovable, enjoyable gift to the kingdom and to everyone she's in relationships with. She's lovable. Everyone loves her. You know, Monette, you said something at the very beginning during telling your story as far as how you guys met and then got married so quickly. What was it that made you guys just say, you know what, we want to get married quickly. So, you know, some people will find it like, well, why'd you do it so quick? You know, what made you guys decide to get married so quickly? Well, really, it wasn't quick. It was after eight years. No, you sum up the first time. The first, oh, the first time. time. Yeah, yeah, the, the first, first time. time. Yes, the first time. Uh, Manette came down here to visit, and uh, my sister had a club by the name of the Red Wolf. And uh, she was at my sister's club, and uh, her, Manette went home, went someplace, and changed clothes. And she came back in a red dress and red high heels. And I said, I will not let her go. <laughs> but that's when I grabbed the hold on. I said, I'm not letting her go all the way back in the left without saying I do or something. Or make me a promise or something. And so that's how we got hooked up so fast. And I, I think it was, I don't think it was fast. You know, it should have been faster than that. Well, and we did not want to be involved in, as he always says, uh, uh, adultery and fornication. Right. And we knew that if we continued to just talk and talk and talk and talk that that would lead down that road. And we're both older. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to do a lot of things. We kind of had things settled and we knew what we were looking for. So there was really no need to keep going on and on and on. I think sometimes couples go on too long. Cause I did that before go on too long and it still ends in not a good situation because you still don't get to know one another. And I think it's more not so much getting to know one another, but getting to accept one another. Right. When you say, right. yeah, accept one another. And the idiosyncrasies, because you really don't know anybody until you live with them. You can do all kinds of different things, but until you live with them on a day-to-day basis, that's when you really get to know a person. You know, so just that's what we wanted to do. You and know, just to give a just to give our audience just a reference point at the time back in 2010, how old were you guys when you first met and then when you got married? <laughs> uh, let's see. I was 49. Okay. And he was 62. Okay. Because I turned 50 in that January. Okay. 
and he turned 63 in February. And, and the reason why I wanted to make that clear just to the listeners, because you, you said about the the time you there's just a lot of things that you don't need to do, especially as you're more mature in life and you've already experienced some things. And, and so it makes it the dating or the courtship time frame kind of cut down to where. Like you say, some people think of it as games that people play and all those types of things. But you guys use that wisdom to your advantage in this situation, even though you divorced early, you know, the first time around. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's true. That's very true. So I have a question for you guys. If you because, you know, we said the title was going to be I love you again or I, I do again. What would you say that, you know, right now? That's going to make your marriage last this time that you didn't know before. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I keep that to her every day. She re, uh, respond in the same language. I love you. And I think for me, it's knowing if this man pursued me for eight years, he's not going anywhere. Right. And so it was me in the beginning that wanted to depart. And so I had to make a commitment and I tell him every day, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm done with that mess. And I, I, I see it. I won't be selfish. Sometimes I still am. He'd say that too, <laughs> but I won't be selfish this time of what I want. I need to put our relationship and what we want before what I want. And when things go, cause we, we, we argue. Well, I mean, we're not, it's not all roses. So we argue and we disagree. But when we do that, we made a commitment that, and we made a vision board. And on our vision board, uh, we made a commitment that when we have disagreements, oh, we, I'm looking at it, it says, keep loving each other no matter what, make up quickly with a kiss. So we committed to those things on our vision board and that. So he likes it when we get upset because then he gets an extra kiss. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as as I listened to you, you said earlier in the relationship that you decided to go go a different way. What was it that led you to decide to 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 sever the relationship the first time around on that? You said you you made the choice. What was it that if you can share with our audience that that led you down that road? Well, um, at the time, because we got married so fast, our family didn't really get a chance to know him. And we were long distance because I was in. Indianapolis, he was south in Montgomery. So we really didn't get a chance to know each other. So when we got married, my daughter at the time was 16 and she had a lot of issues even before that. Right. So that just compounded it and uh, they did not get along. And I felt I had to choose between my daughter or my husband. Mm. And I still had to raise her. And so I chose her. Right. And I didn't, I, I didn't really, I, I thought about being separated until she emancipated, but I had no idea how long that would be. And so I divorced. So when you, when you said you guys were at the funeral and you guys decided to reconcile, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, because, you know, we have worked with couples for the past 16, 17 years. And one of the things that you rarely see is couples who make the decision to get married again. 
what was the thing that you know you, the funeral brought on the desire to forgive each other? What were some of the practical things you guys did to help you to forgive each other and decide to get married again? Well, at the you're speaking about the funeral, right? Well, just the the events that made you realize, okay, I want. I was sitting in one spot of the church, and she was sitting in the other spot. I told her come sit with me. She said, "No, you come sit with me." And I said, "Okay, then I come sit with you." So we got after the funeral, we started talking. And, uh, and from there, we just eased right on to uh, the second marriage because she knew I wasn't about to give up, you know, and got to have the second marriage. Maybe the third one if it have to be, but I hope not. <laughs> but, um, and for me, um, life is short. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, when we were, I know for me, I can't speak for him. When I was at the funeral and I'm watching and listening and listening to people talk about relationships and the relationship they had with her and with each other, life is short. And I knew he still loved me. And interestingly, my daughter's grandmother said, I remember her saying, I always used to ask people, how do you know when to get married? And so I remember her saying, you marry the man who loves you and you will learn to love him. And I thought she was crazy. (laughs) But I realized that the more he loves me, the easier it is to love him. And the more he's committed to me, the more I'm committed to him. And he's not going to be out philandering and doing all kinds of different things because he loves me and he puts me first. Now, if he was somebody else who didn't really love me, been there, done that, then it might be a different situation. But I know he's going to be faithful and I believe he knows I'm going to be faithful to him too. So. Life is too short to keep, to play games, he says. Life is too short. Yeah, I agree. I love that you said that it, it, he initiated, not only because his love is not only with words, it's with the pursuit. And I think about even when you and I were talking about that, he's like, yeah, he loves me. So I even know it as your friend that he loved you and that that was something that was hard for you to swallow. Why do you think it was hard for you to accept that he loved you the way he does? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, sometimes I'm not nice. <laughs> what do you say, John, to that? You- I say amen. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean that people don't just love you because you're nice? You mean people just love you because they love you? Well, that was hard for me to accept, that he could love me just because, just because. And... Um, I remember telling another friend about him and how he loved me and she didn't even know him and started liking him because she said that he loved, I, I remember telling her I didn't have to change. I didn't have to be anybody but me. Mm-hmm. And he accepted me from me, not because of who I was going to be, what I could be. I had to do this. I had to do this or, or be different. It was just, me just the way I am I'm following him and that was hard to accept I always want to change this or change that about me but he didn't find that necessary you know that's great to hear because a lot of time in relationships we marry or some people the representatives or they look at potential 
in their spouse or their significant other or the person that they're dating. John, based on what Monette has said about why she finds it difficult to love, what is it some of the things that about her that make her so easy to love for you? Because, you know, she had, she had, she definitely have lots of patience, kind heart, nice. And she the type of person that really a person that can't, just can't look, look past. They got a very nice personality. She know how to deal with people. And especially she know how to deal with me after I used to be so hard-headed. But now she finding out that I'm not so hard-headed now. And I guess that, that kind of touched her, too. But anyway, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> no, you, you actually did a good no, job because that, job. that is those are the things that I think a lot of couples fail to see the intangibles. You know, they may look at the physical side of someone or maybe some of the tangible resources that they may have. And that makes them attractive. All the things that you just described are things that are just character and ability and internal things. And I think that's something that a lot of couples fail to see in their spouses. Mm-hmm. So, I, so Monette, I, what is it about John that you see now, based on what you've seen in the past, that that makes him lovable to you? That's interesting. And he went when he talked about his uh, family members. Um, there were issues, of course, in the relationship before, and the issues that he had before. He told me he had changed. Well, people say that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I met his sister, who I had met the first time. Interesting. And she said the same identical things that he had changed from me, mean, <laughs> hot-headed, um, gambling, drinking, things like that. She said he doesn't do any of that anymore. And those were exactly the things that he told me. So I knew he was for real. And I love him because, first, because he loves me. Second, he'll do anything for me. He'll give me his last dime, the first one and the last one. And he just puts me first. I'm first in his life. I'm the priority. And that's how I like it. I like being the priority in his life. And he's very sweet, too. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So when you guys think about going forward, what are some of the tools you guys have helped to kind of develop so that you guys won't fall into some of the same pitfalls that you guys have fallen to before? Great, great question. Well, I think one was our vision board. And I um, have done vision board parties, as Renee knows, yes, for years and uh, didn't do one this year because of the COVID and all that. And so we got married right around the time when I usually do vision boards. And so it only had to be the grace of God who gave me the inspiration to do a vision board. So we talked about what we wanted our relationship to look like. What did we want to have in our relationship? What didn't we want to have in our relationship? How did we want it to be? So we divided it into different parts and God is our foundation. And then we talked about how we wanted our financial life to be, our work life to be, our social life, our physical life, personal, and then our relationship with one another. And we put those things on paper. I think it, we can talk about them all the time, but when you put it on paper and you look at it, one of the things he tells me all the time, what did you write down? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> if you're going to write it are. down, you got to hold, he holds me to it. Right. And I hold him to it. So I think that was the main tool was drawing on the strength from God and writing it down. 
That's beautiful. You know, one of the uh, question that we like to ask all of our, our guests, especially is in situations like you guys have gone through, you have gained a lot of experience just in life, but also in relationship. What advice would you give yourself now looking back on what you did or the previous when you guys started your relationship? What advice would you give yourself now knowing what you know compared to when you started out? One of the things he said to me was talk it out. You remember when you said that? Yeah. Yeah. He said, just talk it out. I wasn't willing to talk. I wasn't willing to work it out. And I think if you have to cool down, cool down, but don't give up. Right. And don't walk out. Keep talking. Keep working it out. Keep keep remembering why you were there in the beginning. You know what you loved about what I love about him. And then he remembers what he loves about me. And we go back to that foundation of why we got married to begin with, because I think it's easy to forget that. And we think, why did I get married instead of, oh, I got married because of X, Y, Z. And of course, that has to be a good foundation, too, because, uh, Gil, you mentioned all the material or other things that people look for in a relationship and right. they want those things fade away. It says for rich or for poor, sickness or health. Right. So sometimes you're you have money. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have health. Sometimes you don't. And if you rely on those things when they're gone, what do you have? If you rely on the love that you have, you can rekindle that and you can save it. Right. Mr. John, that's some great advice. You said about talk it out. What made you or where did that wisdom come from as it relates to relationships? Well, I talk, I'll be talking to people. And I'd be telling her, you know, a lot of people break up from their marriage relationship because they do not take time to talk to each other. And then uh, and that's one of the main things. People just, uh, I'm doomed. And they're gone. They don't talk to each other. They don't talk it out. They don't think about it no more. They're just done with it. And that's not good because if the same spot that you have, you can sit down and talk to them. If you can get her attention, you can sit down and talk to her and then iron things out. And then the relationship becomes renewed again the way I see it. It's beautiful that you you guys have, you know, lived life and been through different seasons together. If there is one thing you guys could say, like I know you guys use vision boards, but if you're going to put it in a time capsule, what would be one thing, John, you would put in a time capsule to be able to tell Monette in the future? And then Monette, what would be one thing you would put in a time capsule to tell John in the future? It's mm, a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> mm, if I put in a time capsule, and he were to look at it in the future, what would I want him to know? Yes. Perfect. Um, the only thing I can think about is I love you. Beautiful. I, I love you. And I'll, 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 I love you. And I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what he would put in his. I, I love, love you more. more. Right. <laughs> now, you know, as, as we're coming up to the end of, of this interview, it's been good talking to you guys and hearing the, the actual story. story. Yeah. And so as we have younger people who are maybe listening to this episode and they're deciding that they're going to go down the relationship, long-term relationship road, based on what you guys have gone through, what advice would you give a newlywed or someone getting ready to walk down that aisle to remember as it relates to marriage now that knowing what you know now? Well, from my point of view, I would just, you know, like advise them, Never let friends and relatives get into your relationship mm-hmm. because that helped tear it down. Yes. 
you and your spouse for to talk to talk talk things over yourself and not including no friends or relatives to help you out on your side if you're doing wrong. Friends and relatives for to help you when you're doing right, not when you're doing wrong. And to to give an example, people be saying, child, if I were you, I don't want to do this. I, I just leave them alone. And so Manette was never that type of person that listened at that. Neither was I. And that's what I would give to the newlywed. That's a that's good beautiful. one. Yeah, absolutely. What do you say, Monette? Uh, let's see. I would say, what I say? I would, I, I'm trying to. Mm, it's okay. Take your time. about selfishness, not to be selfish. Wonderful. I think it boils down to selfishness. What I want as opposed to what's for the good of all of us. And I think sometimes we have to put, I don't want to say self-sacrifice because we are important and, you know, my needs are important. But if you look at the whole picture and you think about kind of like what he said, talking it out, you can come to some conclusions. You can come to some agreements. Whereas if it's just me and I'm looking at what I want and what you can't give me, then you get go down a selfish route and you don't reconcile and you don't you don't think of the other person or the other people. Because children are involved a lot of times and and we think only of ourselves. I, I, I guess because well, I've been we both been married several times, and I think for me and when I look at other couples, it's about me instead of about we and putting people first. Yeah. I guess that's what I would say. That's really beautiful because, you know, one of the things that we always say is that there are really no such thing as marriage problems. There are individual problems that individuals bring into the relationship, and marriage is the highest level of serving and selflessness, and so Thank you for sharing that wisdom with us, John and Monette. We love you. We are so excited to hear updates about your story and just the love that God has given you guys, helping you guys to cultivate it and to leave a legacy of love for yourselves and for everyone in your relationships with you. So thank you guys for hanging out with us and sharing your story with us. You're welcome. And we love you both. And we're so excited about what God is doing in your lives. And remember, guys, we are stronger together. Let's grow. You are Thank more you than listening. enough. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Phil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, Please pass it along and share it with them. And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast, and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow.